This episode of Echoes in the Bones is brought to you by the Institute of Cultural Policy and Innovation, ICPI. ICPI, providing services in business development and coaching. ICPI, leaders in online training in event planning and intellectual property. Visit our website today at www.icpi-ja.com. On this episode of Echoes in the Bones, we go to the twin islands of Trinidad and Tobago to speak to musician and podcaster Kemi Ibo. It's another exciting episode of Echoes in the Bone. We have a very interesting and exciting guest with us. She's, she's from the twin island of Trinidad and Tobago. She's what I call my compatriot because she's a super creative and we're going to talk about creativity. Kemi Ibo, how are you? I'm all right, thank you. How are you doing, sir? I'm great. So tell us about you. What, what should we know about Kemi? Um, I'm an everythingist. That's the best way I could explain who I am. Um, I'm a musician, songwriter, singer, arranger, pan person, writer, filmographer. Um, some I dabble in a little bit of photography, too. Um, former sports person as well. So I've, I've, I've had my experience in quite a few fields. Okay, good. Uh, where you grew up in Trinidad? Um, I grew up in Santa Cruz, actually. So people know me from that, from that area. But um, I've also spent some time outside of Trinidad and Tobago for a very, very short period of time in Azerbaijan, in the Middle East, of all places. Mm -hmm. But, but we, we could talk about that if, if that, that interests you. Oh, yeah, man. Tell us, man. Tell us. So essentially how that came about was my, my parents are engineers and my mom got an opportunity to work and move out of the country. So um, that was in 2003. So we out, we, we went to Azerbaijan and we spent two years there. It's one of the most unique experiences because I would say that when my, my where, where the music really kind of, said to me well this is what you really want to do even though I started when I was much younger than at the time I was like 11 um but it 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 stuck with me there because I I think um, the the international school experience was one that encourages creativity and and songwriting and, and learning music and how it's how it's made so you know that was a whole thing and then I came back to Trinidad and I've been here ever since but traveled all over had multiple different experiences and here I am being a podcaster <laughs> uh, so so you say you're a musician what kind of yes. music you 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 indulge in we know naturally you're going to be a soca person and a calypso person but right. is, is it because you are such a cosmopolitan person what kind of music mm -hmm. do you kind of work with um generally speaking i do um like indie that's the best way to put it my my pockets are in different genres of music simply because of the influences that i have who i, who I listen to and especially with my 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 dad who's a dj that was um you know i have a variety of different influences so pop hip-hop 
And especially in the 60s, I love the 60s. The Motown era was a big influence in my um, understanding of, of music. But indie and alternative rock is usually what I write. And what I listen to is a, a wider way of, of music from R&B to rock and roll to soca to calypso to reggae to you name it, I'm listening to it. So this brings me to this notion uh-huh. of Caribbean people being this monolithic kind of, of, of musical uh, people who, if you're from Trinidad, it's soca and, mm-hmm. and, and calypso. And if you're mm-hmm. from Jamaica, it's absolutely dancehall and reggae. And people don't realize that there are some vibrant music scenes that are not reggae and dancehall yeah. or soca and, uh, and calypso. Now, mm-hmm. I know for a fact that there is a, 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 a kind of really diversified situation in Trinidad where you have scenes like house music and alternative rock. And uh, well, we have a reggae scene. Uh, yes. Rastafarian culture is, 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 is growing in Trinidad and Tobago. And of course, you have the Trinidad situation. Tell mm-hmm. us about the, 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 the variety of, of, of musical expression that people would not know exist in Trinidad. Well, from what I've, I've seen and listened to, and, and that's kind of what my job is right now with this podcast. It's about kind of dipping into and seeing what exists. And it's, it's wide. When I tell you it's wide, it's, it's wide. Um, we talk in gospel, and gospel is huge now in Trinidad. Everybody doing gospel. You have soca, of course, calypso, yes. You have rock. Rock is very prominent with us. We have maybe something like 30 rock bands. And of, of course, everybody, you know, you're sharing a guitarist playing for different bands, but that I still count one band as one band and another band yeah. as another band. Um, there's a bit of, of house music and, and electro R&B alternative. Um, and, and, and the creators in that are larger number too. I literally just joined a WhatsApp group of people who are like a combination of hip hop and R&B and in all there's like 58 individual people. So you can imagine all of them are all creating their own songs like every day. And it, it, it's, it's just mind blowing to me, you know, the, the, the variety that we have. Um, although of course people know Pan is a, is a big thing. And I, I like to call Panorama and Sudan as a genre or genre by itself. Um, but generally, it's very, very, very wide. I, I, I think that's the best way that I can explain it. Um, we have, obviously, older influences. So there are the people who like the, the, the older stuff, the Kitsch, Lord Relator, and, and, and mm. the Budong in that list. Um, but generally speaking, um, the, even down to the creatives also listen to the older heads too. So you have... Young young people talking about David Rudder and, and quoting his songs, yeah, and you know, and it and it's it's really interesting and and such a lovely thing to see, you know. So yeah. All right, is is Calypso dying? Is Calypso dying in Trinidad? I I'm gonna talk from my personal opinion. I I'm don't want to say yes, but I also don't want to say no. My opinion is that 
it's getting lost within the other gems that are coming out right now. Um, if I, for example, want to hear a, a calypso, I have to ask my uncle, have you, do you have like a, a, an MP3 version of the song or an album that he can send for me to listen to because some of it is not even on YouTube. Mm-hmm. That's just to tell you how much, yeah. Um, and 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 the, the lacking of availability of some of these um these uh, these songs, but my the best the best and safe answer I can say is yes and no. I think it's being drowned out, mm-hmm. um, just based off of the radio play. The biggest thing is international pop rock everything is that's swamping our radio that hands down we have no argument or question about that um we do have of course the trinidad movement that is also taking over some of the local stations as well um but there are one or two stations that are still playing the the, the local uh stylings calypso yeah. and the soca but not as much you will still hear just soca and that pumping right through you don't even get, uh, for example, on SoundCloud, the DJs are literally DJing soca, and it's a, a 2017 soca playlist, a 2018 soca playlist. There are no playlists yeah. for, for Calypso. Calypso. That, that, yeah. was what, that was what I was going to ask you, because mm-hmm. one of the things that uh, happens in Jamaica is the fact that our stalwarts, the Gregory Isaacs, the Bob Marley's, the Peter Tosh, the Alton Ellis, a lot of them still get currency because they're also they're always on playlist. Mm-hmm. So a new a different generations come and hear the music and 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 the, some might not like it, but most people like it. So there's some continuity and a kind of uh, repetition of of the music and the culture yeah. and the rhythms. One of the most popular rhythms up to now is the bam bam rhythm, which mm. was from ni- in the in the 1960s. So do 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 is that is that a situation that happens in Trinidad or you think that might be a solution to for it's us to be hearing Chalk Dust, Black Stalin, yeah. uh, Sparrow, Kitsch, David Rudder. I think David Rudder is one of the greatest artists that ever oh, come out of the Caribbean. And I don't yeah. and I'm not sure if Trinidad appreciates that. They know about yeah. Sparrow. But I, but I, I don't get that vibe that is put on that kind of a pedestal of great artists. So right. give me your opinion on that. Um, I think that we get in more rhythms in soca. So you will have, like, for example, I spoke with Advocate Productions recently. You'll get, like, Cantan rhythm on these kinds of things. So if all the new artists, all the soca artists, they get new rhythm and it's three of them on a track, Three of them putting down a song, and that's what's being released. Now, it's possible um, that maybe, yes, to revive the calypso and bring it back to the forefront is to do maybe a sample of of a of a of a rhythm. Panini minor would be such an easy hit to remake from pitch. Um, sampling that, all you need is just hear it. Bum 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 bum. That's all you need. That's the foundation for the whole song. Yeah. And you have a rhythm, you could write a whole thing. You mentioned kitsch. And people are now gonna be like, oh, this is Panini minor kind of thing, you know? 
so it is possible yes i could i i can see rhythms being a a, a form of solving that issue i do agree that our our artists are largely underappreciated and i've said this on on many different platforms um i find that people we wait until they want even their death that are born to appreciate what we already have yeah we wait until they are there in the us and and in canada and they make it on the billboard charts to say that is ours why not do it now mm-hmm. you know and 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 i feel like the best way to counteract that mentality is to is to do exactly that with the rhythms you yeah. make something popular here and make bring it back cyclic over over and over and over and over so that's 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 what i think could work okay so tell me about tell me a little bit about you more i want to hear some more about you in terms of your music and if you have cds or do you do gigs and that sort of thing um, right so generally speaking i am a classically trained guitarist so that's my major mm-hmm. but i'm self taught in most of the other instruments so people who know me yeah she plays everything and, and that sort of thing so uh, i've dabbled on on and in and amongst all of the different instruments um i do plan to release some more content i have i have one or two songs that are out and i was just more experimenting to see what people would gravitate to um it it is now hitting me that it's possible and the type of music that i write may not be um best suited for Trinidad, which is not a bad thing um it just means that my market is now not here it's 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 it's, it's international uh, in terms of releases i have a few arrangements that i've done for pan uh, pan in a minor and a few others baba and medley and i did an arrangement of a Nyla Blackman song um, recently, which got the eyes and ears of Chinese looking up this way. So I'm, I'm, I'm working on that. Um, one of my biggest goals though is that I want to be a, a prominent female arranger in Trinidad to be one. And then people kind of see that, you know, it's not just about being a woman, but it is about being a creative. Yeah. You know, I, 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 okay, yes, maybe men and women are different. I don't know. I not even on that. It's just more on the sense that, like, I want people to see what I could do. I'm not really in it for the money per se. I just want you all to see that this is what I can do. If you like it, okay, cool. If you don't like it, all right. <laughs> art for art's sake, right? Yeah, art for art's sake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you you mentioned that maybe your market is not for Trinidad and Tobago. Mm-hmm. I want to challenge you on that because I'm, sure. hearing, I'm hearing some, some stuff coming out of Trinidad and Tobago. Say for instance, Jay Nudge. Jay mm-hmm. Nudge have, has a, a different kind of sound that you wouldn't even associate with Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah. And, and there are other groups. Uh, you can tell us about some of the groups, some, some of the rock groups that are doing some different type of stuff. Thanks. Even Kess yeah. the Band, band kind of have a kind of, you know, a cosmopolitan sound that not oh, necessarily yeah. soca. So, mm-hmm. um, 
you want to rethink what you say that it's your music might not be for Trinidad? Well, I think of it more in the sense that when I wrote most of my content, I was very much internationally influenced. So it's not to say necessarily that it's not um, not for the Trinidad, Trinidadian market. It's just that I've heard directly that it's not going to sell in Trinidad. So I'm like, okay, all right, I'll still release it in Trinidad. It's not a problem. Yeah. I know that they are few and far in between that me take interest in it. And if there are producers that say, yo, you can write. Why not just produce a track and just sell it and put it out in the States? Because yeah. that's that's you know that's the influence and maybe it'll come back to us through the radio play who knows as that's a that's a science that i have thought of as well Mm -hmm. um but would i rethink it i i've always been on just being creative in the sense that if people don't like it they don't like it and if they like it they like it well maybe maybe onto something there because i don't think we should as creatives think about the acceptance of the geographical space that we're in now. Yeah. Considering, considering the technology and how quickly messages and music and art can be distributed uh, in, to the entire world. Mm-hmm. So while we could recognize our roots and where we're from, but in terms of artistic expression, everybody takes takes from everywhere yeah so yeah it it might be that your music is it w- would get a a, a a bigger ear or eyeball from 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 outside of trinidad or from outside of the caribbean yeah 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 so in a sense the the, the goal is you start outside if you build the connections outside yes because while we are forced to be reckoned within the caribbean um, the, the, obviously, the prominent market is the US, Canada, England, and Australia. Of course, that's, that's the, where the music selling, and of course, K pop and them kind of thing. But I was thinking of it from the other side, which is, well, sell it that way, even if it is that I stay here and say, well, I've done that out there, I'm here. You know, people can still see me here. You know, like I know a lot of musicians, the aim is to, to, move away from like Trinidad or to move away from the Caribbean and they migrate and they stay out there and they make music. They, they, they hit mainstream kind of and they don't ever get anywhere. For me, that's not it. I just set any music out. As I say, if people like it, they like it. If they don't like it, they don't like it. And I'm learning to understand that that's a thing. There's something that you like that somebody's going to hate. And then there's going to be something that you hear that's always going to like. So. Yeah. All right. You mentioned the situation in Trinidad. And yeah. We, we, we're, we're, we're kind of post-COVID-19. How was the situation when the, the, the pandemic was at its worst, say, last year into this year? What, 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 what was, how have creatives... Uh, pivot and now our creatives survived because I, I suspect like as in Jamaica some people might not <laughs> make it right right um I could talk about my experience and a close 
a, a close bunch of friends of mine. Thus far, the it was almost immediate. So a lot of us were like music teachers and we teach in our school programs because obviously music is not directly integrated into the main curriculum. It's there, but it's not like a we're going on study, study music. But that, that's a conversation for another day. Mm-hmm. So most of us, we were employed as after-school teachers and, and, and doing music lessons and that sort of thing. And when the first case was reported, the government basically said, school schools. That was literally in March. That was in March. That was a, yeah, that was in March. And I distinctly remember saying, how am I going to survive in this thing? Because I thought, you know, like most other people, that it it will hit us with our two cases or three cases, and you know, we would be back to normal. We wouldn't be needing like a vaccine. We wouldn't be. That obviously that didn't happen. We mm-hmm. are now shut down. We've been down for almost two years now. Um, and the thing is, is that we. I think to some extent, yes, the creatives have been resilient in that they just kept fighting, but they kept fighting on their own, if, if that makes sense. So there wasn't really much before to begin with to aid creatives anyways. They were doing their own thing, you know, your, your player gig, whatever. Um, it was working and then the pandemic kicked. That was it. That was a wrap. You stopped making money. But because everything got forced online, now you had to make a choice. It's either you start pushing more YouTube videos, and even if it's for free, you're still putting out content, you're still recording, you're still releasing a song or whatever the case may be. Um, But on the flip side of that, some of them just, I think, haven't quite, and they may not make it. As, as you rightly said, they may not make it, they may not survive um, in terms of like, hmm, what's the best way to put this? In terms of being able to make an income because some of them, that was their livelihood. Pan men are a perfect example, especially the ones that hustle and play for like five and six different bands or 10 different bands. Panorama was the way for them to make two or three months rent that's not no longer a thing you know so i i see it as both uh we got hit very hard and we had to figure out what to do as well as we are also somewhat resilient and we are now trying to figure out and we're seeing that well the internet is a thing now is the time to tap into that market so yeah I noticed one of the things since the pandemic that soca production and, and mostly soca production is not a seasonal thing again. Yeah. Seeing songs being released almost every month. What's that? Yeah. What's that I, think, I think it's because there's no um, carnival. Um, that's, that's my assumption anyways. Um, and I think that people are starting to realize, well, hey, People have no choice now but to listen to music. You have nothing else to do. You're home. The government said, this is the maximum amount of people that we want in the workplace. So it's either only have somebody in the office or, or at home. 
So everybody's streaming music now, everybody on YouTube, everybody on TikTok, everybody on whatever else. And I think the producers are saying, well, we have to also find a way to make money because initially they would have made two or three tracks for the carnival season and, and that was their income right there, they, they set, you know. But now that there's no carnival, there's nothing really for them to make money off of. So I think some of them are they 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 they're expanding their 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 field of view, <laughs> yeah. and they're seeing well maybe maybe the best thing for us to do now is to release a track um, every every month every two months and see. So that's 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 a real thing because I've I've seen like Advocate for example he released two or three songs already but yeah that's that's more than most would. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I mean? So I I think that's what's happening. I, I they, they see it as profitable and they and they're learning from from that. Will will it go back to normal or you think this is the, the, the new paradigm mm. going forward? That's a good question. I think it's it's possible that it may stay this way because I don't think we ever really back to the exact same way we were before um that goes for everything from being vaccinated to schools reopening everything is going to change um so it may be that they say, they're going to say well all right let's just stay online for now and and, and record and, and release songs in in that regard mm-hmm. um because I, I, I feel as though they, they kind of reach up a point where they, they have nothing else that they could do, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and their options are, are basically limited to being socially distanced. And you have to now work through the internet. That's, yeah. that's what it boils down to. You know? So I, I don't see it as, a, um, as referring back to a seasonal thing. Um, if it does well, then huh, my predictions would be incorrect. But I've 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 never really missed the mark in terms of <laughs> foresight. Yeah. I've, I've seen some things, I've called some things, and they were pretty pretty much accurate where where music is concerned. How badly has the carnival industrial complex been affected by the pandemic? That's a that's a good one too. I think. Again, this is all from observation. Um, they're trying to find ways now to be able to do some kind of something for the carnival period. Um, but it's been bad. Um, basically, there's been no carnival for, what, two years now? So essentially, it's, we've, we're all home in, in the, same, um, the same predicament as we were before. Yeah. So... The question now becomes is what happens when we reopen and how are they going to deal with, you know, the all of a sudden it's kind of a new energy and everybody wants to come up. Now, the thing is, is that people are tired of the lockdown, I can tell you that much. Um, but carnival-wise, I, do, I don't see it as we will have maybe like a full-fledged carnival anytime soon. We may have small... We, you know, Dr. Ali may introduce one or two things in between just to give you a little taste and then pull it back. 
you know, so that we don't have a, a wider break of, of, of cases, like more cases, you know. Yeah. So what, how do you see the future as we kind of close? How do you see the future for music and art in Trinidad and Tobago and the kind of integration within a wider Caribbean? Well, one of the things that I'm observing is that the digital space is becoming more and more prominent and people are really utilizing that. Um, people are now buying into Spotify, especially creators, which is good because it means now that their, their playlists are going to be hitting the international scene um, and they don't need to go anywhere. They could stay right here and you know, share a, a, a song and, and, and people will listen to it. Um, generally speaking, though, I feel as though it's looking kind of bright. And, and this is just from being a podcaster as well. You have more reach with the internet. Even though the internet has been around for a long time, as I always tell people, this is the tool that we now need to learn to manipulate a little more. Um, and that's because it's been there and we just allowing everybody else to utilize it. Mm -hmm. All the advertisers and promoters and those sorts of things. But we now have the power in our hands. Everything is now literally a click away. So if you just decide to put your mind to it and say, I'm going to release something, your mouse is right in front of you, I can guarantee you, or your phone is in your hand. That's, that's your weapon right there. That's the thing that you can use to get your stuff out. So I feel as though a lot of them, a lot of these youths, they're figuring it out. TikTok is their best friend. They release a little snippet here. Mm. People buying into it. Instagram, big thing now because everybody wants to post up a fancy picture, the in-studio, or whatever the case may be. So it looks it looks bright, it looks creative, I would say, and it looks to be that people are finding and choosing their weapons to make to make some noise coming up. So what 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 got you into podcasting? Funny enough, um, I. I've been influenced by some of the greats out there, like Joe Rogan and that sort of thing. But I was kind of, I just didn't want to be talking about politics. And I said that music is one of my best, um, my best, best I could say weapons, <laughs> because it's the one thing that I know best. And it's the one thing that I could make a comment about and I would most likely be right. Um, outside of that, we, we sat down a day and we said, you know, let's do something kind of like that, like Joe Rogan, have, have guests on, we could use the internet, create a website and talk about music. And the initial idea was to kind of dig into what, why Trinidad's underground artists aren't getting as much play and recognition for their for the group and that's kind of how it, it kicked off and, and 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 the more I do it and the more that I look into these things and listen to the kinds of music that I'm hearing is the more I want to dig a little deeper um, I'm, I'm, I've always been into researching music as I said earlier um, 
I can't say I know everything about Mutan, but if you ask me, I'm most likely correct. <laughs> I'm most likely, I'm most likely correct about it. And, yeah. and my dad's knowledge of music as well, being a DJ, especially in, in the 80s and 90s, kind of just laid the foundation for me to, to, to look it up and find out. Like I had a whole conversation with him the other day about samples and he was like, no, that's not the right sample. And he played the correct sample of a song. I was like, yo, listen, I, I have a lot to go, but it's important that people know. How did you come up with the name for the most part? Well, I was looking at trying to be cheeky with it. And I didn't want it to be like the music podcast or, or, or a name that was just, to me, boring. Um, I wanted something that was unique. And for the most part, it that was just it. And I said it for the most part. Like it just kind of like for the most part. You could throw it in, in a sentence and it would be sarcastic, but it would be realistic. And it would be something because it's it's a it's a phrase that people use for the most part. So I wanted it to be something that people could connect to while being tongue-in-cheek and sarcastic at the same time. Yeah, because it it uh, it doesn't say it's a music podcast. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. How has it been so far? Is what kind of response you're getting? How has it improved your kind of awareness and your skills? Because when we do these things, you know, we, we we kind of grow without even understanding how how, how we're improving. Yeah, well, it's been amazing the amount of support that we've gotten is mind-blowing um generally speaking a lot of the artists say thanks because they don't get a platform to to put their stuff out you know they they tell us they say listen if you can help us we will help you and it ends up being such a, a great gift in a way um skills skills wise to me i've learned to talk <laughs> I've learned to talk and I've learned to make sure that what I say is, is correct or at least close to the truth as, as possible. And I've learned to not be afraid of saying something that would, I don't want to say offend people, but they need to hear the truth sometimes. And it's important that people hear as close to the truth as possible, even if it's the truth. I don't think that the lie is going to help anybody go. And if I say that our government, I feel like should do more for the creatives, I'm going to say that, you know, and, and people could say, well, you know, how much proof do you have of that? And I'm like, there's a podcast here trying to help the very people that I'm talking about, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, yeah, so generally speaking, we've, we've, we've come from such a small five downloads a week so above 100 downloads a week and we're still growing we're still growing we're walking into season three shortly in about two weeks yeah about two weeks so i'm looking forward to it yeah it's 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 all it's always a grind but it it the, the fact of the matter is once you start the material is there and it yeah. will find an audience so apart from kemi Ibel, name some of the artists the underground artists that are really outstanding in Trinidad and Tobago that we should be watching or should be hearing soon? 
Right. Well, that list could go on forever, and I have two seasons of that. However, um, some of the best include Leah Sophia Richards, and she was somebody I just happened to stumble upon, and I was so angry with myself that, you know, this is the job that the pod, this is what the podcast is about. We're supposed to discover the music, you know. There's a young man called Bad Blood, and it, I, what I could do is I could send you guys um, the website link so that you could go through and see. We have basically all of season two covered an artist, and our goal was getting people to know who these people are. We go from gospel from the cooks, and they singing about Jesus, and I'm so happy to have been a part of that. To people like Shannon Francois, to Aaron Eiffel, and come down. People need to be hearing them. They need to be listening out because these are the best. This is the talent. This is the talent. You know, and a lot of the, I don't like to say it, but I had to say it. This is the truth. A lot of the major artists are so largely overrated in my books that it it, it shadows over the, the real true talent that exists in Trinidad. Yeah. So Trinidad and Tobago continues to be a hotbed of, of creativity. And not mm-hmm. just the, the land of Soka and Calypso. <laughs> yep, yep. All right. So, Kemi, any, any final word as we close? Yeah. Um, one thing I will tell people is that anything you want to do, put your mind to it and don't ever stop. Don't ever give up. It's all about you and it's all about what you want to do. The difference between intangibility and tangibility is just that if you can visualize seeing something come to fruition, you can also feel it. And that's what makes it real. So, yeah. Kemi, thanks for being a part of Echoes in the Books. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, please subscribe to the show. And give us a five-star review. And even drop us a comment if something really stood out to you.